are listening to the Private Citizen, your weekly data privacy podcast, episode 38, for Saturday, the 5th of September 2020. Immunity Passports. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Fab. You may call it Fab. Full name, Fabian Alexander Scherche, if you insist on that. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. As usual, I am here in Hamburg in my home studio just off runway 33 of Hamburg International Airport where I'm recording for the last time or maybe the pre-ultimate time I I don't quite know yet but um, as you as I said before I'll be moving soon and I'm trying to get some um, some shows released before that um, because there will be a bit of a hiatus for a few weeks there where I will be moving and I'll be sorting out the internet and I'll be on holiday a little bit but um I'll be back. I'll be back to the usual Wednesday release schedule. And um, yeah, before that, I'm here and giving you some content that you can save up if you want um, to tide yourself over. Today, we're going to talk about something that's been um, on my to-do list for quite a while. Um, I've I've written about this topic before and um, I thought I'm I'm going to do it at some point. And then I saw um, on Twitter... I saw a um I guess it's a it's a it's a piece of a CNN um news show and um they were talking about immunity passports and I thought okay well I mean it's getting it's getting talked about more and more now and I, I think we have to we have to address it we have to address uh, what these things are uh, where the idea came from um what the privacy problems with them are and to be honest what the other problems are because I know you know you know this is a this is a privacy podcast, but if you've been listening to this for a while, I, you know, I, that's, I don't want to focus too much on, on that issue when there's other issues that intersect that are very important. And, you know, I talk about politics in a bit, uh, you know, once in a while for a little bit. And, and this is probably one of those as well, because there's a, um, there's a more important like civil liberties issue attached to this, uh, which we're gonna we're gonna get into as well. Um, so that's that's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, this is uh, as I said something I've been uh, you know thinking about for a while, and that's that's been bubbling bubbling under the general um, discussion with you know the coronavirus pandemic and and the vaccine that they're working on, and then uh, discussions about vaccines in general. And uh, I thought this this was important. So yeah, we're gonna do that in a second. Other than that, um, just just so you know, um, as I said, uh, you know, release schedule is a bit off. Um, I'm hoping to get back to the normal Wednesday releases by October. Uh, I'll try my best. Um, there there could be some, you know, I'm I'm not quite sure yet. Um, pending to the you know pending to the internet situation where I'm moving and it's still all uh, in flux, as they say, it's all a bit fluid. Um, the only the only fluid I see is the puddle of piss uh, refusing to pay us our wage. <laughs> Little Jane Cobb quote there. Um, yeah, so uh, there will be no feedback on this episode because I'm kind of pre-producing it and uh, there's really no feedback. So I don't know, you know, this episode, maybe the next one, if I get to uh, do another one, that's the plan. I, I, as I said, you know, it's all, it's all fluid. I don't know. But uh, I guess I'll have to probably have to catch up with most of the feedback once I'm back um so please please don't you know please please write me um if you listen to any of these shows and you find you know, there's something you know that you disagree with or that you would add or that you know I'm often also looking for specifics where you're from um I've got a lot of interesting people listening to this um you know some from the US all over the US Texas California uh upstate New York everywhere basically and then you know all over the world australia china uh europe of course um russia so you you might have a local perspective and i'm very much interested in that as well especially today's topic um because immunity passports have been around so long uh, it could be that you have something local to add and of course if you want to disagree you can always do that um, if you want to do that go to privatecitizen.press and there's contact details on there as usual but so just so you know there isn't really feedback on this episode um, and with that i think you know why not get get into the the main topic here right away uh, we are talking today about immunity passports and this is a thing that i i guess the current idea is a technology technological idea it's a digital immunity passport which is 
is relatively new, but the idea itself um, has been around um, for a long, long time. I thought I'll give you a little bit of a primer because, you know, in Germany we've had, for example, we've had something like this for a long time. Um, I have one. I, I think you could call it this, an immunity passport. Um, we call it Impfbuch. It's like this little booklet that's issued um, to you by the government and it is there to uh, basically uh, it starts when you're very little when you're a kid right your parents get that and they when they go to a doctor and when you get a vaccination um, they put that in this book because you know some some of these have to be refreshed after some time and uh, it's 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 handy to know uh, what you've been vaccinated against uh, now this is um you know, it's not really a passport because it doesn't really pertain to trouble. Uh, trouble, <laughs> maybe Freudian slip there uh, to travel um, so much. But this basically is—it's for doctors. Um, it's for doctors to check what you've been immunized against. Uh, there is, the, the, there's no really a—you can't really be forced to produce this, and there's no way to like discriminate against you um, if you have a certain vaccination or not. Um, so even the government can't really force you to produce this immunity passport. And if you don't have one, right, if you don't have an inf pass, then you don't have one, right? Um, there are, there are of course, limitations to this. So there are certain things uh, where you need this. Um, they've started doing this in schools where, um, I think this is new. This is all after I was in school. When I was in school, this I mean, I think when they enroll you, they look at it because they've kind of, you know, it's kind of important to know if you've been vaccinated against something. And if you're not, then, you know, it's not like they're forcing you to vaccinate. It's just they want to know that, but you don't have to show it. Right. Uh, but these days, I guess there is, um, there are some schools you can only enroll uh, your children into if they're vaccinated against measles, or I think that's the most common um, uh, vaccination that, that they're talking about. Um, it's, it's like, the, you know, they want to make sure that the children that are there are all, uh, can't spread this disease so it doesn't get spread in school, but you could, you could go to another school. Um, now this is all changing a little bit in Germany because uh, there is a discussion about where there should be an Impfzwang, so children should be vaccinated against certain things. Now it is certainly a discussion because I think, I personally think the, our Grundgesetz, our, um, constitution, um, says you can't do that. Um, there are certain things in there about discrimination that, that would apply. And I also think they can't force you to have vaccinations because there's a clause in there um, that basically uh, guarantees the uh, sanctity of your body. You're not allowed to be, you know, pricked by needles by someone, especially not on government orders. But, you know, that is, um, that is a, you know, that is a clause that is, it doesn't say, um, the government's not not allowed to vaccinate you against your will. It doesn't say it that clearly because it's a constitution. It's it's, it's not that specific. So you know this is always um, a matter of debate how you interpret that. But um, so far that that's not being done. I mean some of these uh, vaccinations. So I put a picture of this Impfbuch in uh, in the show notes. In this case, it's mine. Um, and I've been vaccinated against quite a lot of things, but not against everything because my parents were, I guess, a bit skeptical. I mean, there's some vaccinations I find idiotic. For example, if you look in there, um, I'm vaccinated against tetanus, um, which I always thought that vaccination was idiotic. I mean, this is like, you know, you cut yourself and say outside on a rusty piece of metal or something. That's the typical thing they tell you about. And there's the bacteria on there and then you can get very sick. Now, of course, yes, that can happen. But generally, if you really cut yourself and you go to a hospital because um, you need, you know, you need stitches or something, um, the first thing they ask you is, "Are you vaccinated against tetanus?" And if you then say no, uh, or you say, "I don't know," uh, then they just give you a shot and it's over. And from that point on, you are. I mean, it's uh, that's probably uh, because of that vaccination is probably that still works quickly enough at that point um, because, you know, this, uh, the whole disease just takes days to develop. Um, that still works, but you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't like these. So we will get this discussion because I mean, this is about immunity and about vaccination, this whole show. So we'll get the, um, the, the vaccination discussion and we'll have that. We can't really avoid that. And, uh, 
I one thing I don't like, especially these days, is um, people who are skeptical of a certain vaccine, maybe um, get branded anti-vaxxers, and then that's that. Well, that is a stupid idea because vaccinations are very different. Um, they're very different diseases, and they're very different ways to well, not that, but you know, there are different ways to vaccinate people, and they vary from disease to disease. Um, they they vary. I mean, the risk you take when you you know there there are risks as with any um, medical treatment. There are risks. There's a certain amount of people who get sick, as even people who die. Um, you know, there could be complications. So um, these vary a lot depending on the vaccination. So, for example, tetanus. I don't think there's there's nearly none. Um, you know, but there are other other ones that are uh, you know more more higher risk. I'd say, and you know, every medic any medical professional who knows. Uh, what they're talking about if you talk to them about yes they will say yes of course that's that's true um so to say brand if somebody says i'm 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 against this specific vaccine or giving this specific vaccine to to a specific amount of a specific group of people um you know to brand them anti-vaccination i feel is that's propaganda that's you know that's bullshit so i don't want to get into that I don't, I don't think that's a good idea and i wanted to say that up front now um the thing here is i was um, in the middle of explaining how this um immunity passport let's call it that um sometimes it is used to so for example um in when i went uh, in 2000 i went to school uh, for a year in australia and at this point i don't know what it's like now but you know the um as part of the visa you have you have to get uh, to spend a year there um they are requiring you vaccinate against certain diseases and so i had to get a shot actually two shots one a half a year before and then a refresher um just i think the day before i flew um and uh to be able i mean i had to um i don't think they had this they accepted this immunity passport but you had you had to get papers from the doctor and you had to present that to the immigration officer uh, you know with your visa and so that exists and that was a vaccination that was for i think um I think Ross River fever was part of it. It was like because I was going, because, you know, Queensland or something. I know it was a vaccination that you would have never gotten in Australia, uh, in in Germany ordinarily, because it's all for diseases that don't exist here. Um, and that that was pretty nasty, um, except especially the second shot. Um, so it was one of those where you get it in the butt, and um, my um, my right buttock swelled uh, to about three times its size on the next day, um, which is uncomfortable when you have to fly for twenty eight hours afterwards. <laughs> well, but obviously no serious uh, damage as far as I can tell. But um, yeah, so so that's you know sometimes you can you can run into these things uh, where they where they say okay you need to to have a certain um, you need to. Um, demonstrate that you've got a certain vaccination or immunity against something before you will leave you, let you in the country or something um and you know for some for some 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 countries and some it, it can be uh it can it can make sense right um but generally this this impfbuch in german in germany is not used for that it's just for your reference and for your doctor's reference right so they will go okay has your child been um immunized against all these like normal children's diseases that we have vaccines for and then you can look and then they can say well we recommend you do this or that and but you don't have to um of course that is not really a passport thing right so aside from this one issue where you know i want to go to australia it's not really a passport but um the whole idea of an immunity passport or uh, a solchen pass uh, a plague passport uh, is something that's very old so in the 18th century um these these were around already um so now we're talking about um obviously the plague uh, the bubonic plague which uh, was at that time um rampant in europe and they had these things. So these were often issued to uh, traveling salesmen, for example. And obviously, uh, there was like there were cities where there were plague out plague outbreaks, and other cities were wary of people. Uh, you know, didn't want to get the plague in their city. So there were these things for. So I put a historical one. This is from a Süddeutsche Zeitung uh, article 
on this kind of thing um, in the show notes where you can can look at it. And that 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 piece of paper basically says that the uh, the mayor and the council of Munich, um, and this is from 1738. Um, certify that the city of Munich and its surroundings are, as far as they know, free of the the plague or other contagion. It actually, actually says contagion in there, <laughs> which is kind of funny, like in a German document. Um, so you know this this idea of getting like this card that you can present and then it'll let you in. I guess that is what is um, spawning the new idea of this digital. Um, this COVID-19 immunity passport, where they want to, um, I guess, either have areas, um, I mean, the original idea was like, lock everybody down and then the people who are immune, they can go to work. Or let's say the other idea would be more like, not that that would that would be more the US idea. The the the, the European idea would more, be more, because we have smaller countries, uh, would be more like, um, well, if you want to get, you know, travel to Germany or travel to Denmark, um, then you have to be immune. Although that idea, I mean, we can talk later on about how any of this makes sense. That idea makes makes even less sense because, I mean, um, and the fact we have to clear up some, some things here in the beginning for people who listen to this or who might not as down with, you know, medical science or biology as I am. So my in case you you don't know my wife is a uh, biologist she's got a phd in biology she's doing uh, cell biology and she uh, one th- one thing she does is coordinate uh, medical studies and so i i know a little bit about these things it's it's not like i've studied all of that but you know you live with somebody for uh, say 18 years now uh, you uh, you you pick up stuff especially if it's all through their studies um yeah so this um i mean the fact that you're immune doesn't mean you can't spread the disease right um immunity means your body has so generally the natural way to get immune so let's let's just cap that at the beginning so you know they'll get a little primer so you got a disease let's say a virus right the 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 normal process to get immune is you get the virus you get sick uh your body starts recognizing that there's something wrong um and then it will produce things um that are called antigenes antigenes are um things that you know will swim around in your bloodstream and they will attach to um something on the virus um so in case of uh, sars cov2 um it has these spike proteins you know how that image that's printed everywhere it's like a round ball with little spikes spikes those are proteins uh, on the outside and so your body can produce these antigens that attach to that and tell other immune cells um, to eat anything this is attached to right it basically primes you you have you know how your body has all these uh, these cells that go around and kill stuff that is, doesn't belong to it and these antigens will basically mark everything with a glowing red alarm saying this is this is evil this is the disease get rid of this and then it'll, it'll produce it'll just produce tens uh, tens millions i don't know get the large number of antigens that are all in your blood that attach to all these these virus cells and then it'll um, viruses i don't think they're cells don't want to say anything really wrong <laughs> um, and then it'll produce all these um immune cells that are just flood your bloodstream go around and eat all the little things with the antigens on um and these antigenes kind of get I'm I'm simplifying it a bit but they kind of kind of get stored. So the first time you, you get you get a disease you don't have these antigenes yet and your body needs to learn all this which is why you get sick because your immune system needs to take time to figure out what's going on then produce these things and go after it. Now once you had this disease your immune system is trained these antigenes are around. And your body recognizes, hey, this virus, the the antigen fits. I know this already. And whenever it sees that antigen, um, you know, it were, you know, basically whenever it sees that virus, it just immediately makes all of the a lot of these antigens, and then the immune cells can kill the virus before you really get sick. But you have the virus, right? So you're, it's in your body. So 
um, the fact that you have antigens and you're immune so you can't get sick doesn't necessarily mean that you're not spreading the virus. I don't know how this works with uh, SARS-CoV. I have to admit that. It could be that, you know, you're spreading it through the nose, right? So you're sneezing and whatever. It could be that you need to be sick and the virus needs to be express itself in your body a lot for it to for you to spread it um but generally the fact that you're immune doesn't mean you don't get the virus and doesn't it just means you don't get sick um now what vaccines do is they take the uh, the agent that make you sick or that make other people sick you know without you, you you you're healthy you never got this disease so you're not immune so you take um so the easiest way would be uh, to simplify, to take the virus and take out whatever it is inside there that, you know, makes it spread and makes you sick and just use these, basically the outside hull of the virus and just inject that into somebody. And, you know, the first vaccination was literally, they would take like uh, stuff from the boils from from the people with the plague and inject that into people. Uh, but you'd get that. Um, so, and... So it doesn't make you sick, right? The, the modern approach is like whatever is in that virus that makes you sick is taken out and it's just the hull. Your immune system reacts to it, but you don't get sick. So you basically, um, without getting the disease, you get this to this point where your immune system recognizes that this is evil and can react the right way the next time. Um, so that's basically how um this vaccination works i put some so the, the the thing with there's a special there's something special with covid because um the method they're using to create this vaccine that everybody's talking about that they're working on is is very very um experimental um this is not the first vaccine as far as i can tell that they uh uh, the, the trials for I think there, there's another one for another virus, but that was like last year or something. So it's this is all like completely new. Um, they they they're developing something called uh, an mRNA virus uh, mRNA um, vaccine, and I put some information on that in the show notes. If you're interested, there's a good primer on this kind of thing from Nature Reviews uh, from 2018, where they kind of explain how this works. Um, I also put the study protocol for the, you know, the first study that Moderna was running. That is the, um, for the current, current vaccine. I actually got something wrong, uh, in some previous episode. I don't know. I talked about this, but I said, you know, basically, um, using this vaccine is manipulating your DNA and it's specifically not doing that. Um, the way this works to simplify it a lot is, um, so you put, they put mRNA into your cells that will um, basically, so your body will go read in that mRNA and produce the protein that's encoded. And what it produces produces is the spike protein of the virus. It's just that spike, right? Just the thing the antigene attaches to. And it'll do that. And so your body will produce the spike proteins, recognize them, create an anti antigene, and then you're immune. That's that's the idea. Um, they don't really don't really completely know if it works. It looks like it's gonna work, um, but obviously this is all very experimental. We don't really know, um, but that's how it works. And it will not. The the trick is that they're using mRNA because mRNA. Um, so mRNA is messenger RNA. So basically, you have you have DNA, and DNA has genes like these are little parts in your DNA, and they're supposed to make proteins. And on the way to make proteins, you can't do that with generally with, with DNA directly. Um, the DNA gets because you know DNA is two two strands. Probably seen this in biology in school. You know that that it it takes the the it's like a you know double stranded helix. It takes the the strands apart, and you know they're obviously mirrored. Um, and it takes one of the strands and then reads that out like basically the mirror base pairs and creates uh, RNA you know, in this case, messenger RNA. And that will actually be read in by another part of the cell and that will make the protein. So, but this mRNA piece can't go into your DNA and change your DNA. So that's why injecting this, um, as far as we know, uh, but it's pretty it's pretty scientifically solid at this point, um, and injecting this mRNA doesn't can't change your DNA. So it can't change your 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 genome. Um, 
there are problems around this because generally, I mean, they, they, they say, you're talking about this, uh, you know, when you read papers about this method, they say it's really safe because uh, generally uh, mRNA doesn't survive long in the cell. There's all like this kind of, it, it'll degrade and fall apart. It's only stuff that takes it apart. And so it doesn't, it's just a thing that's an intermediary pro, uh, step in the process. It's not, um, it's not meant to hang around basically, but uh, one of the problems is getting this, getting that into your cell because they have to code it and you know they have to, they have to put it in something like a lipid lipid bubble like basically i mean the um the virus itself uh for example is an rna virus it's not mrna but it's it's rna and that uh you know it's also encased in something it needs to be encased in something otherwise it fall, falls apart and that's the biggest problem with that. But let's go back to immunity passport. So we have this idea there are countries that have these immunity booklets um and we have this idea from the 18th century that you could you know basically have this paperwork um and then restrict people's movements or basically control them them in some way as a government uh based on if they're immune to something you know when you have a big pandemic and on your hand as we have now and um oh sorry sorry for bumping the mic there um i've been um I'm gesticulating wildly with my hands. So this whole um, this whole episode came about because I watched this uh, on Twitter. I saw this piece um, from CNN. So this is uh, uh, from a show. Um, this the host is called uh, Julia Chatterley. Um, the uh, show is called uh, First Move with Julia Chatterley, and she is. Um, talking to a guy here um from a company called onfido uh it's the onfido on onfido uh ceo uh hussein kasai of course i put the um link to the tweet in the show notes um if you want to look all this up um but i'm going to play you now um what they posted on twitter and um i'm going to stop in between and and comment some stuff and i i apologize in uh in advance, this is literally what you're hearing. Is literally the quality that CNN put out. Um, I had to boost it a bit, so which makes the all the imperfections of the audio stream uh, show up. But this, this is what they put out. And there's some guys like walking around in the background and talking. Um, you can hear while she talks to this guy. I'm guessing that's on his end because obviously he's like on Zoom or something in his living room, or I don't know what's going on. But you know, this is what uh, TV is these days. It's horrible, so <laughs> we have to deal with it. Um, so let's let's listen to uh, Julia Chatley here. Earlier this month, the UK government suggested that immunity passports could pave the way out of lockdown. The idea is that a phone-based digital certificate could identify those who have recovered from COVID-19 and allow them to return to some form of normal life. To flesh that idea out, the UK government... Uh, one, one little remark here, by the way. One thing we don't know yet, um, if, is, if you even have um, lasting immunity against this virus, there have been some questions about questions about this and um i mean there are there are is precedents i mean you know if you if we're talking you know if you talk about look at influenza right you can get immunized against influenza and then next year you have a different strain um or even like in the same year you can have the, the different sta strain and you're not immune against that so we actually that's actually the first thing we don't know. That's the first caveat. Of course, they don't they don't talk about that at all. Government turned to AI company Onfido, which uses biometrics to digitally verify identity. Of course, AI company that uses biometrics. This is the place you want to go to, um, you know, to, for this kind of thing when you're a government. Of course. Joining us now is Hussein Kasai. He's the CEO and co-founder of Onfido. Great to have you with us. I'm very excited about talking to you about this. We'll firstly separate question marks over the validity of immunity tests, because viewers will be wondering about that too. Talk to me about how a passport would work. It's good to be on. The immunity tests are still yet to be worked out. But once <laughs> we get to a stage where there are immunity tests that can be done with a higher degree of... What, what they're talking about is that you... Um, it, it currently we can't really i mean it's not that easy to figure out if somebody's actually immune um 
so has these anti-genes in their body um i think that's uh you know uh, after vaccination is something it's called titter or titer i think not quite too hard to pronounce it in english it's uh, that's like the, the amount of so you get a vaccination and then uh, later they check uh, if you have enough antibodies in your system um and this is kind of harder to check if it's not a vaccination um if somebody got sick uh and then you need to figure out if they have antibodies i mean this is some especially for a disease like covid it's like something like it's not easy to do for influenza uh, and we, we we really haven't been able to do it on a level where you you know you could put that in in the certificate so so that's that's the other problem they're glossing on. well they're not they at least they're mentioning it that that's that's a major problem that we first need to uh work out uh, accuracy the intention with an immunity passport is to have individuals who have been tested to prove that they've been tested and when they talk about tests they mean um are they do they have antibodies after the disease they're not talking about the test everybody's talking about right now um you know the pcr test or whatever when they stick like that thing in your nose and they see if you're if you're positive this is while this is when you get when you are sick when you have the disease they are talking about afterwards testing to see if you have antibodies and if you would be immune and to prove that the test results belong to them but crucially to do so without sharing any personal information now this is the first thing um i think i'm gonna i'm gonna back this up a little bit so we we can hear again what what he says the intention with an immunity passport is to have individuals who have been tested to prove that they've been tested and to prove that the test results belong to them but crucially to do so without sharing any personal information so this is where I get the this is the, where the first flag for me just immediately hits this is all bullshit um so he says the intention is for a um, a, a person who had a test, an immunity test, to prove to you that they have had this test without sharing any personal information. Now, there's two possible options here. A, let's be benevolent. Let's think the guy this is a typical Silicon Valley guy. He's all about technology and he's so deep into the into the woods that he can't see the forest for the trees. Um, the second one could which could also be possible is you know he is a uh ceo of a, a ai company of a data collection company and he is the personified um surveillance capitalism and he knows exactly but he's not saying so what i mean by that is i mean the fact that you are immune against the disease is health information that is inherently personal information you cannot say our goal is we want to make somebody be able to show that he or she is immune against something without sharing personal information. That is personal information. Your whole job here is personal information. It is the most personal kind of information. Have I been sick? Have I had a certain disease? Am I immunized? Like, what does what antibodies do I have in my blood? How is that not personal information? Well, I think he thinks. Okay, let's. They're, they're, he's completely, and you know, Julia doesn't catch up on this and just goes along with him. Um, he's completely just ignoring that that is personal information. And now their whole discussion is: Okay, how can somebody show that information without revealing any other personal information? Let's let's listen a bit more. How, how is that possible? So I've got my immunity test. I've got Im antibodies in my system. I have a mobile phone. You have my biometrics, facial recognition technology. Piece those things together. Sure, it's a, so along with partners, we're helping governments, authorities, employers and others to be able to give their citizens, employers, others, a presentable proof of immunity so that if in your example it were to be on a smartphone on an app that's developed by a health authority or other authority on there there would be a qr code and for instance if it's i'm the person who's been tested and i'm coming to you let's say you're at a reception uh, and i'm looking to enter the building you would take a scan of my qr code and then on your system you would see the results and that would be a red amber green or any configuration that is developed along with a photo of my face, for example, and then you'd be able to know that I am immune and that's my, or at least that's what the results suggest at the time. 
So yes, okay, in a public place, right, the receptionist doesn't know me. Of course, they just see my picture. And let's let's just assume the whole other thing with the QR code and they can't track you, which, you know, listening to this podcast, you, you know, we'd, we'd never assume that, but let's just do for the moment. Yes, sure. But we're talking workplace. We're talking my, my employer. I'm right there, right? I'm right there at my employer and I'm showing them a thing and it says, oh, he's been, he's, he's immune, right? I mean, they know who I am. I'm standing right, I mean, I'm their employee. They know who I am. And the same thing in the government uh, background. I mean, any place where they will also have to identify you, right? Let's say you let's say you do this at an airport when you're coming into a country. They also check your passport. They know who you are. I mean, and not that that's completely leaving aside. I mean, the thing that Julia says here is completely right. I mean, there's facial recognition technology. They know who you are anyway. They know from your smartphone, that fucking app that your health provider, whatever he was saying, you know, health authority, they know it's on your smartphone. They know. This, this is fast. This, the, the idea that this is, this is, uh, this is any privacy here. I mean, he went out the window from the start because he, does, he doesn't even recognize what private information is. But I mean, this is just, this is just idiocy. And that, that belongs to me, but without having to see any of my personal information. Yeah. Of course, they, they, they probably know you. They have your personal information. State of birth, name and so on. And therein lies the key, because when you attach the idea of facial recognition technology and governments right, and government-issued ID, like a, a passport, bit. for example, all sorts of alarm bells start going off about how much information the government, the workplace has to have on you. And we're so sensitive about that. When it I, I, I love that she goes like, oh, the government-issued ID, because, you know, that's the, that's always the thing that, you know... I mean, I have to argue with people all the time because government ha Germany has government issued IDs, right? But I mean, the, the, the question is not how they identify you. They will identify you, right? It's <laughs> all ideas. Idiot. I mean, it's not, it's not idiotic. You can have this kind of thing, the system, you can have this digital immunity passport, but the idea to have privacy while you have it is just idiotic. It's our health. Do we overlook that or is the key part of this that those things can be protected? Privacy can be protected while also giving you the luxury of an immunity. Oh, she's from Britain. I love how she says privacy. <laughs> scan. Absolutely. And that, that's been our key focus. The, the idea of immunity certificates is not new. In most countries, when children are registering for a new school, they have to show a certificate at the point of registration of... So this this is this is this is where I think he's malicious. And in most countries, children when they register for school have to show that they're. He goes on having had vaccinations for for measles, polio, and other diseases. This is. Is it is that the case? Is that is that in most countries? I don't I don't know. Uh, not in Germany. I mean, yes, they will ask you, but you don't have to show. You don't have to be vaccinated. As I'm, as, as I'm saying, it's changing now, and there's a big discussion about that. But generally, in, mo in most countries, I don't think that's true. I mean, I'd, I'd love your input. I know I have many listeners from all over the world. If this is the case in your country, please tell me. I don't think it is. I think this guy's just saying that um, because he wants to sell his fucking product. Right. And he's one of these guys who's like, yeah, we put it in the blockchain and we like, it's all this, like this techno bubble. I see this on Twitter all the time, especially with COVID. It's like, yeah, we have a te technological solution and it's, it might be bulletproof from the technological, uh, angle, right? It might, yes, it's like, it's 4,000, was it? Oh, God. Uh, 10, 24. How many, how many bits is that? With, 496 bits. God, you can tell my my math is right off, and my internet. What's right on? Why is this broken? Uh, is it 496 bits? Yeah, I think it is. 512 byte. Anyway, you know, it, it it's like our keys this big, and yes, you did that. That can all be true, and it can be virtually unbreakable encryption, right? But your premise might be completely wrong. <laughs> Right, the 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 thing you might be protecting might not be worth protecting, or it might be um, 
vulnerable in any other way. And his premise is completely wrong because he thinks that the fact if I've been vaccinated against something or not is not personal information. It's just like, what? In a similar example, but if it's digitized, it's done in a more effective way. And the question becomes, if you're looking to give entry... Why is it in a more effective way? How is your digital system more effective and more um, private than paper? Like that, that Impfbuch I have, right? That's not private because, uh, you know, I can, I can, it says at the top my name and address, right? But I could just not have that. It could just not say that on there. Right, it could just be a number that, for example, the government who issues it knows, uh, but nobody else knows. So I couldn't show that to somebody, and it shows what I've been vaccinated against, but they don't know my name. Right? How is that better and more effective than your digital solution? But if it's digitized, it's done in a more effective way, and the question becomes: if you're looking to give entry to someone to enter a building or for another reason, then all they really need to know is that whatever the authoritative test re testing is for that community or that country that has been granted to you so you are able to have a presentable immunity uh, certificate and that that belongs to you and that's essentially the core of what we do is binding the two so traditionally what we've done over the last eight years is help individuals sign up to online banks and car rental and, and payment platforms and, and things like that so usually it's to show a copy of your government id as you're registering on these apps and a selfie video and then we're using technology to verify that that government id seems genuine and it's not fake and that your face matches the photo so that it, it belongs to you the step here is that to now bind that to a digital uh, certificate and here's the rub i mean they, that is that that is their business model right and you be, i mean they're saving that information aren't they right that's like they know who you are they can verify that that is important information that that is valuable uh, that's their business model and now they want your health data as well Woohoo! very quickly because we have to go how long does this take one year two so years the, the process of enrolling is as little as sort of under a minute but the crucial first step that is still being worked uh, across the world is to find te self-testing kits ideally precisely <laughs> Absolutely. Hussing Sai, <laughs> great to have you with us. So keep us posted on your progress. The CEO and co-founder of Onfido there. Yeah, and now you got him on your show and you're completely bought all of his bullshit. Um, by the way, I posted about this on Twitter a while ago and I had uh, Alan Bell uh, also said something interesting um, re re in reply to this. Um, on top of the rampant privacy issues, this is solving a non-problem. The scenario they are protecting against is that someone who isn't immune will fraudulently use someone else's certificate to gain access to a place that might be a risky environment to themselves. If we assume that everyone else in the place has valid immunity, why should they care that someone not immune might gain access? And that's completely right. I think when people talking about this... They think that they're confusing immunity with safety, like safety for others. Immunity is safety for you, right? It's um, you can't you can't catch it, and I think they're confusing this because um, the selling point, and you know, I'm saying selling point. I mean, it is true, an important. Um, uh, an important factor of vaccinations is if you vaccinate a large part of your population, you sp you stop the disease able to be able to be to be spread, right? You you stop the spread, but you don't stop the spread by actually, um, you know, by 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 actually stopping this. I mean, somebody who's sick will still. Will still spread it. It's just everybody else can't get sick, um, and so at some point, if you have if you saturate that enough, um, you have a situation where the disease just goes away. Um, it's kind of like the opposite approach of you know generally uh, you let these diseases play themselves out, right? You don't if they're not that bad, you just 
at if it's if it's one disease and it doesn't mutate at some point everybody in the uh you know that's the, what they call herd immunity pretty much everybody will have had it and then it will go away as well um but i mean this is in 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 this case um uh, a misconception because i mean the um well if you do that if you get if you get to if you get, if you immunize just the whole population uh then you don't need immunity passports <laughs> i mean immunity passports are um you're showing that you can't get hurt and as as alan says you know somebody could i mean the, what they're protecting against is somebody faking that uh, that and then they wouldn't be immune and they would get let's say they want to go to work when only people who are immune can go to work um or not wear a mask or something um but then they're the only people they're hurting is themselves i mean they would be spreading the disease as well but if they're in a place where everybody else is immune they don't care um so it's 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 a bit uh, i i think the the use case is not really there and then we have problems um you know we have the uh as, as alan calls it the rampant privacy issues um the privacy issue being that you know this is literally your blood right we have a certificate that certifies that you have certain things in your blood or you don't um i mean how more private can you get um there's no way of divorcing that from your person right so um the you will be presenting the certificate probably in person somewhere. Um, and even if you don't present your name with it, um, they have your picture. Uh, they can probably find out who you are. They can find out by other means who you are. So this, this is all, this all falls apart. But what, what I kind of hinted at at the beginning uh, of the show is, is kind of the privacy issue isn't the big issue. The, 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 the problem with this is not a privacy issue, not so much. The problem is discrimination. Um, because the only reason to have this, to have an immunity passport, is to discriminate against people. You want to do, so, you know, you want to control, you have a checkpoint or something, and you want to say, okay, th only those with this molecule in their blood, enough of this molecule in their blood, are allowed through. They're allowed into the country, or they're allowed into the workplace, or they're allowed somewhere. And that is... I mean, I don't know how 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 closer to discriminating against people can you get? Um, you literally you're picking one um, you're picking one aspect of them, and you're saying, "Well, this is this is it, right?" You'll have to get so if if there's a vaccine, right? You'll have to get a vaccine, otherwise we won't let you in here, and. I mean that that is to me that is extremely that is horrendous. Um I mean how how pure to discriminating against somebody can you get? Um you know it's it, it's literally like discriminating against somebody based on the color of their skin, right? It's just like you have this in your blood, you don't. Um you've been infected before, you haven't. It's 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 literally the same thing. Now it's excused by people saying it's better for everybody. Um, which might be true. I'm not saying it is true. It might be true. It might not be true. We know, like in case of uh, of SARS-CoV-2, we, we, we don't know enough. We don't know how long, if people uh, are immune, how long they are immune. We don't even know how the virus spreads, really. We, we you know, we, we don't know anything like if you have if we have a vaccine uh, we don't know if it have, has any uh side effects long-term side effects stuff like that we don't we don't know any of that so we don't know how many people we need to vaccinate for this to, to work right for this to be basically like herd, herd immunity does everybody need to have the shot and you know as long as that is not scientifically a scientific basis you're just guessing. And even if it was on a scientific basis, it would still be discrimination. Discrimination on a scientific basis is still discrimination, right? I mean, the difference to what the Nazis did with discriminating against people is, okay, that was a, there wasn't 
prop you know that was like made up science that was like not proper science but it was um justified the same way right they just they said science says this okay if you have a if your head is like if your bone structure is like this then you are i don't know you know you're this race which is something they made up and then you're like okay and then you're a good person or then you're a, a savage and that, that was of of course complete bullshit but like um the that's just the justification for the uh, the method you're using the, the method with this immunity password would be the same and the thing is we don't even know if it would i mean why even have all of this i don't understand any of this this is just to show that you are safe and why not um let just let people decide right if i want to go to work if i want to go outside if i want to expose myself to the risk of getting sick then that is my decision that there's nothing the government has to do this is like you know i said on the show before some people want to protect themselves at all costs other people are risk takers right it's my decision do i want to ride a motorbike it's 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 dangerous right it's my, my decision it's not the government who says why well, you, you better not riding a motorbike it's dangerous for you um and yes of course then there's this argument well then you get sick and you infect others but you know at some point that was not the government's it's not in the purview of the government to decide that either and the other only other argument is the one you know we talked at length about in early episodes of the show when i talked about you know flattening the curve uh, where i had this discussion with alex about flattening the curve um, we can't let hospitals overrun but you know if the government is worried about that the government should make sure that the health system can can withstand this right it can withstand it's citizen getting sick. I, you know, in I live in Germany. We have a social health system. I pay a lot of money each month, a lot of money, and I'm paying. You know, I'm 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 self-employed, so you know, I'm I'm paying this like out of my own pocket. You know, it's not even my employer helping me with it. I'm paying a lot of money. You know, to the to the health uh, system every month. So I might, you know, why can't I get sick? I'm I'm paying for this shit, right? And if 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 it's not enough money and if it doesn't work, then government should sort the shit out. And that's the thing that that is getting me makes me really angry. Um, so last night we were out in a re- restaurant with friends, and they're like, um, they're all like medical uh, professionals or like you know scientists, and um, and they were basically so the the government in Germany is now saying, um you know they we, i talked about this on the show how you have like for a while i had only this many people can get together and parties are outlawed and whatever now it's allowed but now they have this thing it's like oh you can have carnival and you can have that but you're not allowed to drink alcohol because because that makes you um unpredictable or that makes you take risks or whatever and and i was getting like people were saying this yeah this is a good idea and i was getting like completely mad and i'm like is that is not the government's none of their fucking business it's none of their fucking business if i drink alcohol and how i behave if i drink alcohol whatever um and unless i'm going on a rampage and just like starting hurting people they don't i don't you know it's none of their fucking business if they wanna if they if if they are scared of the situation then fix the fucking health system make it so which is your fucking job make it so that the health system can withstand this kind of these kind of things that is it's and it's not rocket science you know they've they've been defunding and cutting funding for hospitals and i'm i know i'm not only talking about germany it's it's the same in the uk it's probably the same in the us as a very different system but basically all hospitals are going you know we have to make a profit and all this kind of stuff no the hospitals don't have to make a fucking profit that's not what a hospital is a hospital is not a company it shouldn't be you know and if 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 that doesn't work pass a fucking law that makes it so that hospitals can't make money they're not supposed to make money they're a public service they, they should they should be, i mean you know we we i talked a lot about i you know did an episode about socialism and, and all of that and, and and people people know by god i'm not a socialist and i'm barely a social democrat these days but you know 
yeah, I'm I'm on that side. I'm like, then the ho a hospital should make money, and the government should be fucking sorting this out. And our health minister, who's like, oh yeah, you know, Jens Spahn, who's like, I'm gonna solve all this, and it's so great, and we're fixing everything. He said early on when this was going on, when the pandemic was breaking out, he was he still still want to close hospitals. Right, we need we need more health professionals. We need more hospital beds. We need to pay them better, and then we can forget all this shit. Forget your blockchain. Forget your fucking immunity passports. Forget all of that. Forget your flatten the curve. Don't fucking flatten the curve. Just live as you want. And if you get sick, you get go to a hospital, and they are prepared for this kind of shit. And once they're prepared for this shit, we don't even care about coronavirus. Next time we have a bad influenza pandemic, right? They can help those people. It's not like this is new problem. It's not like this came, oh, coronavirus. No, it's corona. The world has changed. No, they had the fucking thing two years before with, you know, there were influenza pandemics. They were running out of ICU beds. It happened in the US, happened in Germany. Talk to people who work in hospitals to know what they're talking about. I mean, it wasn't on a global scale and it was only on a local scale and stuff like that, but it's the same thing. Just make the health system deal with this and you can solve this whole problem. You don't have to discriminate against people. You don't have to worry about any, you know, mumbo jumbo technology where it's ours, you know, you won't be able to get personal information, whatever. No, don't change any of this. Fucking just make the hospitals work. I know it's like easy to say, you know, you need more doctors and that, but you will get more doctors if you if you invest more money. Um if they you know if 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 doctor if being a doctor in a hospital wasn't so, such a fucking thankless job where you're just working way too much. They're all working way too much. Um they're actually not making you know, they're making decent money, at least in Germany, but their problem is they can't fucking spend it, right? I know several doctors who have, like, really nice cars, but, you know, they, they don't drive them. <laughs> you know, they, they go by bike to the hospital because there's traffic jams everywhere, and then they don't have time. They don't have time to drive the nice car, right? They don't even have time to enjoy their nice house uh, next to the water here in Hamburg because they're never there, because they're always in the hospital, right? You need to give, give them better working um, conditions, and especially the, um, you know, the care workers who, on top of that, they need to be paid a lot better uh, for what they're doing. And then, then that'll sort itself out by itself. But the, the, the scandal, and I think this is a scandal, is I think um, our politicians are basically just distracting us with, you know, wearing masks and discussions about this and discussion, this, discussions about immunity passports. And discussions about all this kind of crap when the only discussion they should be having is how do we make the hospital system cope with any of this? Yeah, and we don't even like when we're talking about, okay, do, will they have a vaccine? We don't know. It's like that's like experimental. That's like time. we know how to fix the hospital system. Just, you know, in Germany, it's very easy. Get it back to what it was 20 years ago. And with the NHS, it's probably the same thing. You just get it back to to a place where it was a public service, you know, where where it wasn't a company and there wasn't they didn't need to optimize their bets to you know to to make money and yeah no. Anyway, this turned into a bit of a rant. <laughs> you were probably expecting this. I can tell you, I wasn't. This this wasn't on purpose. Um, but anyway, so that's immunity passports. Um, in general, I mean. It's been around uh, a long time. It's, I mean, they're not bad in, in themselves. It's just how you use them. And I think the situation we're in now um, can actually not be solved by this. It's kind of like testing, right? When this thing was going off everywhere, it's testing, testing, and that, that will save us. No, not, nothing really will. In vaccine won't, like, say, vaccine won't make this thing go away. We'll have to live with the diseases like COVID, you know, for the foreseeable future. And it's not that new. I mean, it's not, not that different, different from influenza. Not on a big picture level. Um, it might be more contagious and might be worse in certain degrees. But, you know, there will always be diseases. People will die of diseases. Um, it's just, it's actually not as different as people think. Um, the, the problem is people can't, what they're not, they're not thinking back big picture and they're not thinking about 
um, I think we're maneuvering ourselves into a society where like the safety first society where we actually think we can save people from things that you can't save them from. You're not, you know, I've, I've said, said this before, life is dangerous. Um, and at some level we need to accept that and then we need to do our best to prevent it. And that's not Silicon Valley surveillance capitalism solutions. We need good old fashioned, you know, doctors. We need, we need hospitals that have enough resources that they can deal with things like that and we need the hospital system to be flexible enough that when there's an outbreak in one city and the beds are filling up that you like put the people in ambulances and drive them to the next town over where the hospital is just full like normal and then they have procedures you know where they know how to deal with infectious diseases and it will put these people in a special ward you know where they don't infect other people it's solvable it's all solvable. We don't need any of this crap. And with that, uh, it's time to close up the show. As I said uh, at the beginning of the um, of the show, there will be no feedback because this is kind of like uh, recorded in advance. And um, I'll, I'll deal with the feedback later in, in later episodes. But please, you know, write in. Uh, contact details are in the uh, feedback segment and in, in the show notes and there's also a contact link uh, at the bottom of the page and that uh, is at privatecitizen.press um, you will find all the information on there um, everything I talked about uh, links to this uh, vaccine study if you're interested in how that works and um, yeah with that there's only one thing left for me to do explain quickly um, how the show's produced um, produces under the value for value model which means if you feel like you get you know you get the show for free you can just download it do with it whatever you want but if you feel like you got any value out of this because maybe now you can when you get together with your relatives you can argue with them about immunity passports and you have some valid information or some links or something like that and you find that is actually something of value then i ask you to give some value back and i'm leaving completely up to you what that is uh, it might be just giving feedback on the show um it might be advertising the show somewhere you know telling people about you know oh look there's this private citizen podcast really good stuff listen to it that might be a way um but you can also um help me monetarily which you know i gotta i gotta you know i gotta pay for every month i gotta pay a lot of money so in case i get sick i uh, the doctors are paid for <laughs> um and if you want to help out um you can become a patron on uh, patreon which is you know if you don't know it's a site you sign up and then you um you can take out basically subscriptions like pay a dollar a month or two dollar a month or whatever um and I will get that and I'll be very happy. Or you can use PayPal if you one-off uh, donations. That's not really... I, sometimes I still call it donation. shouldn't be because it's um, German tax laws very particular, but that's it's a contribution. You can you can uh, send me a one-off contribution uh, via PayPal. The email is producers at fab.industries. Producers at fab.industries. But these details are also all in the show notes. Um, and with that, let's let's wrap this up. Talked about this long enough. Um, hopefully, I will have another episode um, before I go on my little hiatus to move house. But um, we'll see about that. But uh, let's first thank everybody who was involved in this episode. So first off, um, thanks to Raul Kabazali who uh, recorded and uh, composed the uh, show for this uh, podcast, uh, the show, the theme for this show. <laughs> God, maybe I need more coffee. The song's called Acoustic Roots and I like it very much. Uh, and I'm also thankful to ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk. They're a cloud hoster from the UK and they're providing me with the servers that serve you these audio files when you download the podcast. And with that, um, I'd like to thank everybody who's uh, chipped in, so to speak, and um, supported this project um, monetarily. And uh, those people are Niall Donegan, Michael Mullen-Jensen, Jonathan M. Heavy, 
George Walther, Dave, Butterbeans, Mark Holland, Steve Hose, Shelby Kruver, Kai Sears, Vlad, Jackie Plage, 1i11g, Philip Klosterman, Fadi Mansur, Jaroslav Lichtblau, IKN, Magelliman, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, David Potter, Dave Amrish, Mika, Martin, Vitautas Sadowskis, Ricky M, Drive Zero, SJ, Jonathan Edwards, Barry Williams, Sylvia Vulcan, and Richard Gilson. Thanks to all of you. I appreciate it very much. Um, because of you, I keep doing this show. Um, because, you know, a little financial incentive always helps. So uh, thanks to all of you. And I'll see you um, for the next episode, whenever that will be. Hopefully sooner than later. Uh, until then, uh, you know. You know. When they when they want to give you passport and they, they want to make it all mandatory, stand up, fight it, you know, aim aim to misbehave. That's uh, that's what we brown coats do. <laughs> see you uh, see you soon. Goodbye.